What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I'm your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is April 29th, 2023. And this week, we have a special guest. He is returning to the show and coming to the show for the first time ever in person. Everyone, please welcome comedian Peter Liu. Nice <laughs> clap for ourselves. How are you? <laughs> Hello, listeners. Thanks for coming back on. Mm-hmm. I, uh, when you first last came on the show, geez, like 80 episodes, something ago, a long yeah. time. Uh, we talked the about OGs, OG episodes, the OG episodes. Yeah, on we talked Zoom. Uh, just the Zoom ones, mm-hmm. uh, audio only. We talked about uh, your, you and your martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, all that. And that was a time in this show's history when I was trying to talk about other things besides comedy. <laughs> and this year... It's all comedy, baby. If someone right. doesn't do comedy, it's like a little treat because okay. I just know too many comedians. So that's unfortunate. I've been bombing comedy this year, but I've been doing really good in jujitsu. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, combine the two and you should get an audience member on stage, put them in an arm bar. You know, people have told me to do that, but I feel like they wouldn't appreciate it. I think you get a volunteer. Do you think I would? There's people down for it for sure. I could choke someone on stage. <laughs> it would have to be a guy. It can't be a lady. That yeah. would that would not be good for the headlines. <laughs> Boston comedian chokes out audience, female audience member. I'm just reproducing what happens at home. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a. I used to do a live podcast show at the tiny cupboard where basically I would get other people's podcasts to come in, and I would set up all the live equipment for them so they could do a live episode with their audience members. And Art Kai and Fernando Ruiz have a show called Teach Me Good, where they bring someone on to t- tell them about anything they're into. It can be like, you know, fan- fandoms or sports or hobbies, whatever. And they, for the live episode, they had a luchador wrestler from the Bronx come on. And so he talked to them about the world of like the wrestling. And then he, luchadoring, uh, yep. they took, um, he took Fernando and he actually did some moves and like flipped him on stage and stuff. It was, that's crazy. Incredible. <laughs> Yeah, those so, pro wrestler guys—they—they're they, like they're actual athletes. People don't realize that. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. They had an old co. I had a coworker who's like really into WWE, and he said he's like, the thing is when people say wrestling is fake, that's not the whole truth because it does take a lot of effort to do this. Yeah, you yeah. know, like the, it's scripted and everything, but it's still like impressive the athleticism they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, just definitely fake, but you know, definitely yeah. fake, but hundred <laughs> percent fake, without a doubt. And I guess a lot of it is like uh, some of it is improv as well. Like sometimes just the way that you're interacting in that space. If something, if you guys mess up a move or something gets complicated, you both people have to make a decision on how to play out the yeah. scene. And that's a, I don't know. There's something kind of theater kid about that. <laughs> I feel like the wrestler is. The WWE guys would be very offended if you're like, you guys are just doing improv, right? <laughs> <laughs> what you could tell like real like uh, Greco-Roman wrestlers be like, yeah, you guys are just doing improv. Yeah, you guys are doing improv. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, we're you fighting. You guys improv the same. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? Uh, five years. Five years. Nice. We're kind of in the same, same level here. Yeah. Uh, what are you? Five, six? Four and a half. Okay. Yeah. Four and a half. So almost almost at five this year. Yeah. But yeah. That's when... how I counted. That's <laughs> the same. That's the same. You're like, oh yeah, it's uh four four years and two months. <laughs> <laughs> so uh did you grow up in a family that was into stand-up comedy at all? What was your like earliest like when did you start getting into comedy when you were younger? I grew up in a family that created material for stand-up comedy. 
Oh, <laughs> that's a good way to put that's, that's it. Way. No, I don't think my family's that into comedy. I think now that I've thought about it a little bit more, I think uh, my dad is actually like some of my funny probably comes from my dad. Like okay. he's actually kind of funny. Like he's kind of like aloof sometimes and does like stupid shit that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And then my mom was like super, super strict. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's like uh, a dynamic that's very common. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think dad humor is something that like when you're younger, sometimes you don't appreciate it or you don't quite get it. Then when you're an adult, you're like, oh, yeah, we're like <laughs> we've <Yeah>. locked in. <laughs> yep. Yep. So when did you start uh, discovering stand up comedy? I think as a kid, I always watched like some type of comedy. Like you watch like things that are funny because it's like nice. Right? Mm -hmm. And then college, I think, is when I got into like actual stand up. I watched like a lot of Chappelle specials mm -hmm. and like my roommate was like really into like pirating things illegally nice so <laughs> he like gave me like a bunch of movies and a bunch of shit and like we'd uh yeah we watch a lot of like stand-up specials mm -hmm. and it's funny because I, I went to i went to school in the east village oh we, really yeah so like i was technically surrounded by a lot of comedy yeah and i didn't didn't like fully take event like i went to some comedy shows but like now when i come back i'm like i went to school on this block i could have <laughs> i could i could be so good if i started then you know what i mean like, was yeah. it nyu no, it's uh, Cooper Union. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You left uh you left the hot spot to go to Boston. <laughs> yes. I left the hot spot to go to Boston and create enough trauma to start doing stand-up. Nice. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> what um what were your early favorite comedians? Mm, let's see. It was probably uh, definitely Chappelle. Russell Peters. Uh, Russell Ooh, Peters, mm -hmm. the OG. I remember because he was the first, like, oh, that guy's kind of Asian. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole debate whether or not Indians are Asian or not. Like, kind of, not really. But in this case, <laughs> yes, because I was like, oh, there's like a kind of Asian, an Asian guy up there. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was stand ups. So that was pretty cool. I He's mean, someone that's like, uh, he doesn't have, it seems like he doesn't have a ton of renown in the States. But internationally, he's, he's he has, huge. Yeah, he's yeah, massive. He's massive. But yeah, I remember like his YouTube videos back in the day. Mm. Like those were like really funny. Those were like the first ones that got circulated. Uh, he had some stuff about like him and Indian dudes and Chinese dudes can't do business or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of like immigrant parenting stuff where like, it's like you're going to get a hurt real bad. Like, I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> or like, it's like him like. His parents are like whooping his ass and he's like, I'm going to call prote child protected services or something. And he's like, you go ahead. And he's like, I just know. And he's like, why aren't you scared? And he's like, I know that it's going to take like half an hour for them to get here. Oh, and the yeah. time that it takes to get you, you're going to get hurt real bad. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Callback. I've heard that one. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he had some stuff that I could relate to. I thought it was funny. And he was like Asian enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. So him... And then who was afterwards? I don't know. Probably just like big name, like Kevin Hart. I guess yeah. that was a pretty big one. Burr. I mm -hmm. got. I think I, I like Burr more as time passed. Uh, more recently, I don't know. Let's see. There's a lot of comics. Mo Amer. He's funny. No, I don't I like know. Mo. You don't know him? Mm. Palestinian comic. Um, Ronnie Chang. Of course. Yeah, he's leading it for the Asians out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, dude, he's uh, really supportive all the way down the food chain. No, he is actually dope. is. He's very nice. He, like, uh, I met him in jujitsu. Really? Yeah, doing at Marcello's. And, um, like, we trained a couple of days. And then he, like, he did his, like, Beacon Theater something, whatever. I went to that. Oh, you did? Yeah. How was it? It was uh, great. What was crazy, though, is, like, 
this was leading up to his next special right. and yep. we went and it was like what's wild is like it's a full like hour 45 minutes to an hour set right the first like 15 20 minutes like oh this is like tight refreshed like good material then the whole back half i was like this dude is just treating this like an open mic. Like he's yeah. just, I mean, it's all fleshed out, but he's just working it out up there. I had the same, uh, I saw Joe Coy when he was in Boston. He did the Beacon Theater, which is like the nicest theater in Boston. Mm -hmm. The Wilbur is the biggest theater. Most people know that one. And then the Beacon is like 1300 and it's like nicer. Um, but I saw Joe Coy there and he did a relatively polished set. He was like still kind of fucking around. Mm -hmm. And then like a month later, I saw him at MSG. Mm -hmm. MSG seats like, 12,000 people and I had the same thought I was like oh fuck the Wilbur or like the Beacon is Joe Coy's open mind yeah <laughs> right I was like what yeah like, you know what I mean like because MSG is just like so big I was like the Wilbur is just like section F of MSG it's like puny mm -hmm. that was that was crazy I after the Ronnie Chang show uh I like had like a light bulb like a switch flipped in my brain because I was like oh my god like any indie show, any club show, any big show you could ever like want to do, like, oh man, I'd love to do that show sometime. That show is some other comics practice room, which yes. is like, but it's the same us down, right? Like, yeah. you're like things that you have where you're like, oh, this is where I practice. That's some lower comics. Like, I really want to yeah, do yeah. that spot, right? <laughs> so, I guess. But yeah, yeah, the way it scales is crazy, right? Because you're like, at a certain point, oh, people are doing open mics in arenas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, uh, it, it feels like Dragon Ball Z power scaling. It is. <laughs> it like, gets crazy at a certain point. Where it's like, uh, at, at my level, I'm like, we're just fighting in the tournament before they have like, uh, chi powers and stuff like and that. And Vegeta punches the machine and just explodes it. Yep. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. Yeah, it's like, oh, these guys get to fight uh, on the whole scale of a planet. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild so in uh did you did you do any like improv or any theater or performance type stuff before stand-up comedy anything in school uh no i didn't do any well i took a i think i like english slash we had some like acting things that we did that mm -hmm. was kind of fun I did that a couple of times. I remember my teacher be like, you have a knack for acting. I was like, thank you. I'm Asian. I'm not allowed to pursue this. <laughs> uh, this is off the table this is for off me. The table, but thank you. I appreciate it. And then I think in college, uh, uh, I went to like an engineering, it was like engineering, mm. art, architecture. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, they, but they had one class that was like, uh, it was like theater and playwright mm -hmm. as a humanities elective. So I remember taking that. And mm. that was kind of fun. Like writing your own screenplay acting it out and you had to act in other people's shit too nobody remembered their lines it was quite terrible actually because like you're in like there's like 10 people in the class everyone has a play and you're in like five people's plays yeah on the same day you're not gonna remember everyone's lines so people yeah, are yeah. like holding pieces of papers <laughs> but i think there was like a little bit of is that good oh there's a little bit of creativity that's been there maybe stifled but yeah, yeah it's yeah. been there okay know? but yeah, yeah you've like touched on it a bit yeah yeah so in college, did you did you have the idea of like, oh, I want to do stand up at all, or was that like later? Oh, it was way later. It was way later. It was like uh, I feel like most people's stand up start stories are all kind of like the same. If they're like, oh, you know, what I mean, like, oh, I always wanted to do stand up, but I never did, and then they're like, and then my wife left me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, actually, when I, <laughs> there was a theme on this podcast for the first like year and a half. Every almost every comedian I interviewed, probably like seventy percent of them, started after some type of breakup. Yeah, like yeah. it's so common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, 
uh, Rio. You know Rio? Rio. Japanese dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was hosting a show last night. Yes. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, even him. Like, we were talking about how'd you get started. He was like, uh, he was like, oh, I started whatever six years or whatever they would go. And he was like, right after my divorce. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I was like, they're all like the same stories. So, you, gra- you graduate uh, from... And you leave New York. Yeah. You go to Boston right away. Uh, yeah, I went straight to Boston. Okay, yeah. so and this is where you start comedy, right? Boston. Yes, Boston. That's where so, I what was your breakup? <laughs> what was my breakup? <laughs> no. What um, was the thing that made you get out there and try? Honestly, it? I think I think it was like it was a combination of things. It wasn't just the breakup. It was like, <laughs> but there was one. <laughs> but there was a breakup. There was, no, no, the breakup definitely contributed to it, but it wasn't like. So like uh, the girl that I was dating at the time, we broke up, right? And I was like, whatever, fine, mm-hmm. regular, sad, right? Mm-hmm. But then, uh, two, I was like, I had a plan. I was like, this is fine. I'm gonna put all my energy into jujitsu, become a jujitsu beast on right. the mats. Right, right. I had right. a plan. Yeah. Right? But then, like two weeks into that, uh, one of my friends, my training partners, jumped on my leg, and then like he snapped my tibia. <sighs> So, uh, <laughs> so then I couldn't, I, I couldn't like walk. So mm-hmm. I couldn't do stuff for like a very long time. So I think it was during then that I was like, okay, well, so you, like, I was like, I got, I was going to put all my physical energy into a thing, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just like, you know, but then I couldn't do the physical thing. So right. I was like, all right. And then I just started like writing. That's what okay. I started doing. And then I, I, I couldn't like go back to jujitsu immediately either. I had to right. like heal the leg. It took like a bunch of months and I was like, you know, this is a good time to fucking do stand-up nice also i think it probably was somewhere along the line when i was like i was probably listening to rogan podcast at the time and he i was like if this motherfucker can do it i can do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there i i i've said this before in this podcast i feel like when before i started i would watch a bunch of stand-up specials and some of them were amazing mm-hmm. and then there'd be some that i'd be like i could I could definitely do better than that, you know? Yeah. I feel like like people will shit on that, but I feel that's how everyone gets started, technically, mm-hmm. right? Everyone sees the person and they're like, I could do that. Yeah. I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like and with uh like Rogan specifically, the bar is kinda low. <laughs> <laughs> like we can all respect him as Neither a Neither of us are ever gonna do the comedy mothership now. It's, yeah, it's never. <laughs> it's done. I don't whatever. It's okay. But it's like it with like a guy like that, it's like I think one of the aspects and like a weird thing about comedy too is like people be like, oh Rogan's stand up sucks, but he's a good podcaster. And I'm like, that still makes him a a comedian. And he's still in the universe of comedy. Yeah, he's still a comic. Yeah. yeah, he's still, yeah I don't think Rogan's like the best comic, but he's like, I think Definitely. people give him extra shit because of how successful he is. Right, right. Right. Like if he was just like a, you know, like a regular headliner guy, people would just be like, oh yeah, you know, that's another comic. But because yep. he's like the most successful comic with yeah. the biggest podcast. I was like, oh, he's not as funny as I want him to be. You know yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he was the funniest guy, I would, none of us would be doing this. Like, exactly. If you had the best podcaster also being the funniest yeah. comedian, you'd be like, what are we even doing here? This is the reason <laughs> why like Chappelle doesn't have a podcast. Yeah. You know it, I mean? It's probably yeah. for the for his sake that he doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be saying some fucked up shit. <laughs> but yeah, so you get started during an injury phase. I think I'm remembering this from our last episode. You yeah. also talked about playing a lot of Magic the Gathering at this oh, time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. I think, yeah, that was part of it, too. Because yeah. I was like, I started, uh, I played a lot of Magic the Gathering as a kid. That was like my first, like, 
business slash like thing I got really into, I mm-hmm. guess. Cause like I would like my parents wouldn't buy me shit. So I had to like get really good at Magic the Gathering so that I could go to tournaments and beat up other people and, and win, win the booster packs. packs. Yeah. Free the packs. And then I would sell the cards and that was my business. Whoa. That's, that's you're hustling. Whole, yeah, I was hustling at whatever, eleven. Dude. <laughs> I remember in high school, Friday night magic, like I would go. And just get my ass handed to me. And it felt like every week, the same like two or three guys were always winning the five pack oh, yeah. reward. It's like the most autistic guys that are winning. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in hindsight now, now that I have a big boy job and I'm not a <laughs> high schooler with like no money, I'm like, oh, it would be so easy to buy just as many packs yeah, as you want. You could want. just buy all the Yeah. yeah. Now you're, you're like, I'm just going to buy the stuff. I can make the deck that I want. I don't have to yeah. buy boosters hoping I pick up something. Right. right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I was so I was really into Magic Gathering as a kid, and then uh, I guess the company that I was working for at the time, there were like other nerds available. Mm-hmm. So they, the, this uh, this one dude actually started a, a league. So I started playing Magic, and then it was coincided with the same time that I couldn't move or do anything else. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I actually had a couple jokes about it. It was back back in the day. It was like, uh, I don't know. It's good to get a break sometimes. Yeah. I mean, not like breaking your leg, but you know. <laughs> um, so you start you start writing during this time. What's are you do you go to your first open mic during this recovery period or are you just kind of writing for I a think while? I was writing for a bit and then I actually ended up taking a class with my friend oh, really? in Improv Boston. And um we took the class. By the way, classes um are really just like very strategic bringer shows. Mm-hmm. Case, like I didn't like people were complaining about I was talking to some comic about bringer shows sucking and then I was like a comedy class is the ultimate bringer show where they don't even pay you and you pay them like at least the bringer show you don't pay them you bring people but the comedy class not only do you pay them but for that final class show you also bring the people yeah you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. I was like damn that's like the best scheme anyways so I took one of these classes um and then i think during the class it was like relatively supportive i think it's good to start off supportive in comedy Mm because everything's just so shit afterwards right uh and i remember like we were workshopping class and stuff and they they don't like they don't really teach you much in a comedy class right it's just like hey take the mic out you know don't go over your time yep rule three that's that's really it right there's not much you can really cover right like it's just kind of workshop some stuff and everyone's pro- was probably like relatively bad, mm-hmm. but we thought we were good, you mm-hmm. know. And then like I think before the final uh, like class where you just like perform, uh, we all went to like open mic, and then I was like, "This is so different. Why is no one laughing at my jokes? Why is no one even looking at me? Why is that? Yeah, I mean, like yep. this is like this dark, dingy room with like thirty other sad comics, just, <laughs> just like fuck you, guy. You yeah, I mean." So the vibe difference is immense. Yeah, it's very immense from just like, you know, just like young nurture. And you were nice about it. Like the other day, remember uh, when we were at uh, the New York Comedy Club? The, mm-hmm. the two, the, oh, yeah. The, two the volunteers. Yeah, 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 the volunteers. They're all like they had that hope in their eyes. Still. Yeah, yeah. It's like that versus like you go to open mic and you're like, this <laughs> yeah, is, no, this, yeah. we met these volunteers. One of them was like, I've been wanting to try stand up comedy, but I haven't done it yet. And I said, oh, you should like definitely just write some stuff down. Just don't be worried about it. Just go to open mic. Listen, tons of people are friendly. And Peter was like, don't start. <laughs> I was like, quit, quit now. Quit now. <laughs> go home and stab yourself with a knife. That's Yeah. It's, 
I also like in that in that specific situation because they were already at like a stand up comedy show. I was like, yeah, just like you were nice. Be, yeah. be nice about it. if other people just out in the wild say they want to try comedy. I just tell them to take an improv class. I'm like, do an improv class. You'll goof around. You'll have a good time. And if you like it, just keep going and mm. do other stuff. But then also you don't have because then you don't have the um, one. You make friends Two. You don't have the soul-crushing bomb that yeah. deters so many people from actually like yeah. getting deeper into stand-up. I don't know. I would say that the class is good for that because it's like it gives you some people to start with that you all kind of suck mm -hmm. you're at the same like pace. You can like kind of workshop, and then like like people are scared to go up and open mic sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, hey, like, are you going? I'll go with you. You know, like that. Yeah. Type of stuff. Eventually, you have to grow out of that. But like, I think it's probably. It's probably nicer to have a more welcoming experience. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think most people go to their, a lot of people go to their first open mic with friends. Yeah. yeah. Which it makes total sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I think I, I watched two open mics alone and mine. I brought like me and another friend did it. And there was like two other friends that came to watch. But when I host the tiny cupboard, my like 530 mic, I'll get first time comedians. And it'll be funny because they'll sign up and they'll have three friends and someone will record them the whole time. Yep, and yep, I'm like, yep. you don't want this video. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know it yet, but you don't want this video. There was one dude. Uh, he came. He brought his friend. He did a set. It went fine. You know, it was the first time. And afterward, I like came up to him. I was like, hey, great job. I'm glad you got up. Like, just keep doing it. There's lots of mics here. Everybody's friendly. Yeah. And he was his adrenaline was so high that he couldn't even like converse. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for letting me up. Just thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. I was like, whoa, I forgot what this is like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, like, yeah. You forget that. Like, you're like, oh, I'm scared to go on stage. What do I say? Ah, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Dude, I feel like I would get like butterflies for a long time. And now it's just like, oh, I'm next. I have like a little bit of like, a, all right. But you're like, oh, I got to be a little bit awake. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's go. All right, yeah. Yeah. That's probably a good thing, right? Like you, like kind of like forget, like you you adapt, you evolve so quickly, you kind of just forget. Like even like the pandemic, I feel like everyone just kind of forgot it already. Yeah. You know what I mean, like how that was, that was some crazy shit we went through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I was thinking this morning is uh, on the subway platforms they have those like social distancing sign that's like keep a safe social distance mm -hmm. from others. And I was like, in eighty years, this like social distance thing, distancing like sign aesthetic. That's going to be like the keep calm carry on was mm, in like 2012, 2013. Yep, you know, it's yep, like yep. an, it'll be like an antique type antique sign. aesthetic yeah. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I think comedy is like, like getting good at comedy. A big part of it is becoming numb to the things that scare you. Numb to pain. Numb yeah. to pain, which numb is like pain. the bombing, the getting on stage, yep. all those things, yep. you know? Yep. Just like jujitsu. Just like jujitsu. Same thing. <laughs> exactly the same. If you break every limb once, you'll never break them. You again. can't hurt me. You have no idea how much I've already hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> no one hurts me but me. Yeah. I was thinking about trying it. And then someone, and then I saw a video of uh, the mats at a jujitsu gym and how wet they get. And I was like, oh, they get pretty wet. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right. And it's not all sweat. <laughs> it's not all sweat. It's also pee and cum. Mostly come. Mostly come. <laughs> no, it's actually probably sweat and staff. That's what you gotta watch out for. Staff? Staff, ringworm. Oh, like yeah. the like the bacteria. Like staphylococcus. Yeah. Oh yeah. geez. Yeah. 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 That's probably just shower, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Ew. I don't try to convince people to do jujitsu just like I don't convince people to do comedy because I know how hard it is. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you have to be pretty self-driven yeah to like you got to be able to eat some shit to your ego some pain and then like 
So I'm just like, I feel that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't actually discourage comics mm-hmm. from doing it. Granted, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, it's fun to do, but it's just like I don't like because because you know you know like you do it, so you know how much it takes to do it. So I'm just like. I feel like it would be a waste of time to convince people like, oh yeah, you should try this when they're just going to do it once and then they just give up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like, I guess it's just a little bit different if someone's like, I want to try it. Then you're like, okay, I'll help you a little bit. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Cause I think like the two things that you do, like jujitsu and comedy are just in the eyes of a regular person. So unnecessarily intense yes. for day to day life. <laughs> yes, I would agree. Yeah. It's like someone, it's like, uh, if someone's like, I mean, I mean, even imagine it's like, oh, yeah, just take like a fitness boxing course if you want to punch something like that would be like the easy way out. Like do something much like we're not going to break an elbow. <laughs> yeah. Take a cardio kickboxing class. You'll be fine. You're not hitting anyone. Yeah. You're just hitting pads. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think it's I think it's one of the fun things about comedy is like the safety is off, you know? Yeah. Like, you're never safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes, you know, you're like you ride like three hot shows and you're like, oh, fuck, it's coming. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that bomb is coming. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been doing, I've been too hot for too long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, it's like it's a week, and you're like, oh, something terrible is about <laughs> to happen to me. You know what I mean? It's funny that you're like, I've been bombing this year because I, when I last saw you in for the Halloween show in October, or no, it wasn't Halloween. It was sometime last year. It was another. It was at St. Mark's Comedy oh, Club. Kiki's thing. Kiki, Kiki Funny Mama had a thing. No, it was uh, Macy Kwok and Ricky. And Rick. Was that the New Year's show? Was that Chinese New Year this year? They had, yeah, they had the New Year show, which yeah, yeah. was the first time I did it, I think. Okay, because that one, I remember you came and you absolutely murdered. And I was oh, like, was damn, I, I was like, like yeah, Peter was killed this. And now yeah. you're like, I've been bombing this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm mean, exaggerating. I think this year has been like, it's actually going pretty well, but like there definitely have been some like, but like, I think it's that's like just true with, you know, Comedy, Every, yeah. everything. Yeah, like jujitsu too. Sometimes you have good days, sometimes you have bad days. Mm-hmm. You get used to it. I've noticed I have like a like almost like a six or eight month cycle where it's like I kind of heat up for a wheel a little. I'm feeling good. I got jokes I'm happy with. I'm excited about. And then like I'll kind of come off that and be like, I'm sick of those jokes. Yeah. And so then I'm phoning in on stage and then I'm like, don't have anything to open mics. I'm just kind of bombing you. Out. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, you're not motivated. And then all of a sudden I do, I host a show or do something else that's like, oh, nice. That hit, that, that hit, hit. Now that I'm okay. Hit. You're again, like, oh, you know? shit. I got some new shit I want to work on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's highs and lows, man. I don't know. I've had this new thought where I'm just like, I feel like it's impossible. It's definitely impossible to be happy all the time. Right. right? Without right. a doubt. So it's just like figuring out what is acceptable to you whoa you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like percentage wise like let's say like i think it's impossible to be happy 90 percent of the time and like sad 10 percent. that right. seems like that's pretty damn good and i don't think that's achievable yeah you know what i mean like you just gotta be more happy than you are sad yeah but i don't know like i don't know if it's like a 51 49 you know what i mean or oh, or yeah. it's like like whatever <laughs> that is yeah yeah, I don't know. I think you. Uh, I think if you could be happy all the time, then happiness wouldn't matter. And there's some. It's also like the fulfillment thing. Like nobody is ever actually fulfilled. You just get little things that we're give you a deep. break and relief. Getting very deep. Yeah, I mean, no. Think I always think about rich people. Like, how many <laughs> rich people have you met that just fucking suck and are miserable because they have? 
I hang with poor people. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. Working class solidarity. <laughs> but especially in New York City, you'll meet like there's like the trope of like the rich kid, rich parents. And like, yeah, they're probably also sad sometimes, right? Where, yeah, because the thing is, is like us like regular type people, we have things that are like, oh, like you have to get your financial security. And sometimes you get a bonus, you come into some money and that's yep. like, oh, it's like a treat, it's refreshing. Yeah. For them, they have everything handed to them. And then what no matter what they do in their life, they will never make more money than they're just handed on a daily basis. So imagine trying to self-fulfill when this nothing is how you, you Epstein's can't ever island anything. was made. <laughs> how what? Epstein's island oh, yeah. was made. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the last yeah. frontier. But in the similar vein of like creativity, it's like there's a reason why all these like mega comedians that you see on like these podcasts, you know, your Burt Kreischers, your Tom Segura's, Joe Rogan's, these people. They have it all. They have all the fans. They could do any project and live for the rest of their life and not have to think about comedy. They could stop. They could stop right, right now, now. But they do it because exactly. what else would they be doing, right? Yeah. And you have something they enjoy. You never hit the fulfillment point. You're never like, oh, ding, I'm done. Nice. So I yeah. think it's just a continual. You yeah. got to find some hill to climb. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I think that's true. So it's just balancing what that is to you, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like 60-40. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'd say, right? 60-40? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 40% happiness, 60% sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Dan Bilzerian said something similar where he's like... He's, Crazy person to get advice from. <laughs> no. But, yeah, absolutely. But he was like, he was like, he was like, oh, I... He was like, I was having some nine-some with these eights, nine supermodels. And he's like, I like brought some guy and I gave him one of them or something. And then they went off, had sex. And then he like, he was talking about the the happiness in this guy's eyes or something like that. He was like, yeah, to me, like none of this means anything. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's actually kind of sad. You know what yeah, I mean? it's really like, sad. <laughs> I was like, you're numb to like anything that could possibly make you happy at that point. Like you're just like. Yeah, it's yeah. the Epstein effect. <laughs> it's the Epstein. <laughs> when you have it all, you start doing fucked up shit to get those that, that those endorphins going. Yeah, that's that's how society implodes, right? Yeah, we just all go down that hole. Yeah, we can't all go down that hole. <laughs> not everyone. Everyone should not be able to be a rich content creator because yes, <laughs> yes, only select few. Only select few. <laughs> I, don't know, I think there's something like uh, I had uh, my friends Matt and Jack on the show recently and they're graduating college this year. They do like character comedy and they've been doing it for like four years now and they're going to stay here. And they said then Jack said some that I mean, I turned into the clip, but he was like, it's the idea of making it is like interesting because it's like we live in New York City and we do our comedy every week and have fun every week. So I think I saw we kind of made it. I saw this. I yeah, think yeah, I actually saw this. Yeah, I agree with it. And and here's my counterpoint though like i agree it you to disagree because you're in boston no no, no. <laughs> i agree to because i think i had a similar thought when i did a i did a college gig with my friends and i brought them like the guys i started with like they opened for me and then we they did the show show went well and then afterwards we did their podcast mm -hmm. right and i was like guys like this is it we're like doing it we're on the road we mm -hmm. did comedy they fed us food. They put it on their own podcast. Yeah. Now you know what I mean. Like this. This is this is technically the thing. The only difference is like they didn't pay us that much, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, there was there could have been like way more people. But like I was like, technically, like you said, like we are doing the thing that we want to do. Yeah. But it's just like I think it's like 
it's a financial stability thing that you still have to consider. Yeah. So you can't just remove that from the equation. Yeah. If you, I would agree that if you just had rich parents or like you just had money in the bag, then you can like settle and you'd be like, yeah, I'm already doing the thing I'm doing is cool. Mm-hmm. But like if you always, if you, unless you had that financial thing taken care of, you still, in my mind, you still haven't actually made it. Yeah, yeah, you know makes sense. yeah, it still, makes sense. You're still like restrained by Wait, something. If you you want to like, if once you push that line over to like, you can always pay your bills and have your life together financially then with you can, the other thing. Yeah, okay. then you then it's like yes, you're doing what you love and you have nothing to uh, worry about. You have no worries, right? Well, right. you probably still have worries because life is still life. But like, money is not one of them. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> money is not one of those. The only difference, dude. I got my. My uh, other podcast, my anime review podcast, is uh-huh. telling you about. We have a Patreon, and we have like we have nine subscribers right now, but we're like we're kind of like adding more and more. Okay, it's, it seems to the rate of adding seems to be increasing. And I was thinking, I was like, I, there might be a point where I'm just a guy who gets paid to review anime. Like that I am, be, yeah, I am doing that now in a very like a very small, small amount. Scale, yep. But I'm like that could be a thing. And I'm like, if I if I time traveled the 14 year old me and be like. You're gonna be a comedian, and you're gonna get paid to review anime. He'd be like, "Fucking what? Like what? <laughs> oh my god! No, but, yeah, yeah. I think that's the goal: the financial, the financial aspect. The fina- yeah, because like, well, not the goal, but a piece it, of it. It's a piece that you have to fulfill. I think yeah. is what it is. Because it's like otherwise, I agree. We're all doing the thing that we said we want to be doing, right? Like, yeah. Even like like Akash headlined the New York Comedy Club, and mm-hmm. he's doing theaters now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's technically doing the same club everyone else is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's no difference. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, breaking even. Breaking even. Breaking yep. even. And then you, and then you have. I wouldn't say no problems, less problems. You less, le- problems. less problems. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about money. That would be nice. It'd be. I can't imagine uh, making enough money from just stand up to just live. My sleep schedule would be totally It'll be so fucked. good, right? Yeah. You, well, <laughs> you'll be fucked, but like you don't have to like wake up. Like if you do a late set, you don't have to worry about waking up early and shit. Yeah. Dude, today, I mean, we both woke up late. I woke yeah. up at 1130 today. I literally was like, I need to shower and leave after like immediately. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was just because I literally went to one 10 p.m. show in midtown. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Throw the whole day off. Are you a morning person or a night person? I'm, I think I'm mostly a night person. Night I think person. I can be forced to be a morning person, when I, but I hate it. Like, I'm I'm like very angry. I'm like Bill Burr in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like very angry. You should record a special in the morning. <laughs> I should record a special in the morning. I'll do it in Philly. Do it in Philly. Shit yeah. on their bells. <laughs> um, Loki, I love Philadelphians. Oh, I, yeah. I've, I haven't really spent time there, but everyone I've met from Philly has been really cool. And I love Eagles fans. Okay, I don't know. There's something about it. I think. I think when the working class revolution comes, I think Eagles fans will be like the shock troops of the working class. Like they, I love, I love someone. I love a group of people who destroy a city so regularly <laughs> that this that the public the the city has to take measures to stop them. That's one of those like you can't destroy me. I destroy myself type things. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. I'm into self-destructive people. It's it's same with um like Bills mafia, like the Bills fans, the Bills mafia. You know, they just jump through folding tables. That's their whole thing. Is they get drunk and they 
jump into folding tables and i'm like you're like you don't want to fight that guy yeah <laughs> like what a cool identity <laughs> it'd be funny if they have like you know the bachelor where they like write people's occupations and yeah and you're like brett 29 jumps through tables <laughs> oh. dude imagine the imagine the guy on the on the bachelor like the bachelor being a guy being that, that guy being that guy being like a philly like an eagles fan <laughs> <laughs> or a, a Bills Mafia guy. That would be funny. You should pitch that. You should That's, pitch that and then film it and see how terribly it goes. A show where The Bachelor is the hottest but like most obnoxious piece of shit ever. Isn't that The Bachelor? Is it? I think that <laughs> I've, from what I understand, The Bachelor is just like it's a hot guy, but he has the most like bland personality ever. Like he's a guy uh, that I don't actually watch, him, so I have no idea. We should start a podcast. We, we should watch. We should, it we should watch it and just start reviewing. Yeah, <laughs> bring people in. I've honest, I've only seen it in parodies. I, I don't know what the actual show is like at all. I um, assume it's terribly uninteresting. Yeah, dude, I can't watch reality you know I mean? TV. Like, I assume isn't The Bachelor like mostly for chicks? Isn't that like eighty percent of the? Yeah, the demographic that like watches it. Women and I'm making up statistics, but yeah. we're allowed to do that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want about numbers. <laughs> you can be you can be happy for forty percent of the time. Yeah, That's exactly. Great. You can be sad for sixty percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you start doing comedy. You uh, go to an open mic with your friend. You take the class. Take the did class. you have a class show at the end? We did. How would that go? Murdered. Really? Well, the equivalent of murdering at a class show. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just did well. Really it's good also stuff. in front of your friends, right? Mm. So in front of your friends, I think I did well. I watched it again like a year ago, and I'm like, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, but I think at the time, I thought I was doing well. And uh, I think it's like, it's decent, like for what it is, you know, right. I mean? decent for what it is. But, you know, you're also, your friends are there, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're supporting you, they're laughing and stuff. But I think, yeah, I think I did like well enough that I kept going. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if I bombed at that, because like, that's like best case scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a packed room. Everyone's there to support their friends and stuff. And then I think afterwards, yeah, it was good enough that I kept doing stand up. I kept guess. doing it. What was your, how long did it take you to get on a show after that one when you're just hitting regular mics and stuff? Uh, probably like six months. Okay. Around there. I don't know. Probably. I like, I think I hit mics pretty infrequently in the beginning. Oh, sorry. I, uh, I was like, it was probably like once a week and I was like, oh, I did comedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I met a friend of mine, uh, who's a comic and he was doing like, two three a night i was like mm -hmm. oh shit i gotta step my game up <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i, was, I didn't even know that was possible mm -hmm. so then like i like i think i i like got more into the groove of it because i wanted to take it more seriously so then i like i was like hitting it i would say three times a night that's exaggerating like once or twice okay? yeah, yeah, yeah but i was trying to like hit it like every day of the week i think yeah and then uh and then I was, yeah, probably six months in, I started getting on like small shows, you know, mm -hmm. a five minute spot. How was your first like real non class show? How'd you do? I don't remember. I don't remember. That's probably for the best. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not. It's probably terrible. Uh, Some people have like yeah. really traumatizing like first show experiences because you're so nervous, nervous about like fucking up a real thing, yeah. you know? I think I probably did like not great, but not like the worst. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like just like a, Kind of like if you just saw a guy who's been doing six months go up and you're like, well, there's a laugh like once every 30 seconds or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they get something. But like, it's well, not... we didn't not laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like that wasn't the worst. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't remember too many of those those shows. Some of them, I think, some of them probably had to go have gone well. I think mm -hmm. some of them did, did go well enough for me to keep going. Mm -hmm. I don't remember any catastrophic bombs until I did like this private gig for this uh, six year old retired Navy SEAL captain. Wow. Yeah. So that was like years down the line, and that was like that's still like my worst bomb. What happened? Uh, so this uh. This his wife was nice enough to to hire me off of like uh like the bash the uh, gig salad I don't know, like they're like third party vendors for hiring comics. You got to fill me in on this later. Okay. I've never heard about this. Okay, it's like uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like third party. So like people will want to hire like comedians for like weddings, college gigs. I don't know VFWs, bunch of random shit. Anyways, um, on my mind, I didn't know there's a place <laughs> where you could fucking do this. Yeah. I was thinking about creating a comedy LinkedIn to figure out <laughs> what. <laughs> Uh, Jar Marco is the one who told me about it. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jar Marco, back when he was still doing bullshit Zoom shows with everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, Navy, Navy SEAL, private party. Navy SEAL, private party. It was his 60 year old birthday. His wife was nice. He hired me. I brought my friends. They opened. Most of them did pretty well, I would say. And then I went up and I was doing like, I was, it was an hour and a half show. So I had to do like, I think 45. And it was probably my first time doing that amount of time. It's a lot. And I thought I could do it. Which was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why comedians who are like eight to ten years in are like, all right, I'm doing my 30 minutes this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, this is going to be a loose 45. <laughs> but I think the first like 10-ish minutes was fine. And then I it was like during the pandemic or like as we were coming out of it. So I had this whole like Asian hate crime bit, which objectively is very funny mm -hmm. and doesn't really... It's not even political. It's just making fun of how people addressed it. Right. You know what I mean, like, like uh, I think the response was like a super Asian response, where it's like very soft, very palatable, mm -hmm. and not palatable. It's just like not, not enough action. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Anyways, because they were handing people whistles, you know, like right. self-defense whistles. Right. I was like, what? Like this is what you guys came up with? Dude, what? Lee hands like she ordered like a bunch of these like weird like keychain spikes oh, yeah. on on like I kind of like on that. the internet. That's hilarious. So now when she has uh if she has female friends yeah. over and they leave late at night, she, she like gives she them a weapon. like a brass knuckle. Yeah, I'm like you're like an arms dealer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that's hilarious. I like that. That I would even prefer. I, I don't think legally you could do that. Like hand out brass knuckles and spikes <laughs> and stuff. But like yeah. you could hand out mace, like mace. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like whistles, like. A whistle is just a cry for help. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's not, it still requires that other people come help you. Yeah. You know I saying? think in the, in the city, it's also very surprising how few people will come help you in a yeah, situation. That's the other thing, right? Like, they also evaluate the risk and the danger and like what is going on here. And it's like, sometimes it's a mess. Yeah. You would, you ha you're also assuming that once they hear it, they're like, okay, I'll help you, which is like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had a bit about whistles and, but like bro I brought, brought up the topic. I was like, oh, like stop Asian, hey, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, I was like, oh, there's been like an increase in uh, crimes towards Asians, right? And then when I uh, said that, the the Navy SEALs guy pointed towards his son. And he's like, yeah, my son, that's the guy. I was like, what? He commits hate crimes? I was like, this is not going to go well. You know what I mean? I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, shit. So then, and then I think I proceeded to bomb for like the next like, 15 minutes probably and this is very long because yeah this is like like i said this is my one the first times i did a long set mm. and i normally i would just get off stage if i was doing shitty for like whatever two three minutes right yeah you'd be like all right i can just leave yeah but, but you're 
paid. Be a paid yeah. for the hour and a half. So I was like, I need to do 45. <laughs> <laughs> so I just stayed up there, just like eating shit for so long. Um, and then, and then, yeah, the, the gig ended. Uh, we said thank you, and then we just got the fuck out of there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's rough, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those really bad ones where it's just like, you know, I like when some people like, uh, if like someone comes up to you like an audience member, they're like, "Oh, you were great, good job." And then like maybe another comic came up that didn't do so well, and they're like, "Yeah, you were there." You know, yeah. what I mean? like, like like something like that. There was a lot of like that at the end. They yeah, were, they were just like, "Oh, there's like, yeah, like." Good job. I'm like, look, we don't need to talk. Okay, just let me leave. Let me yeah. leave. <laughs> I've I started doing this thing where if I don't do well, but my friends do well, when the show ends, I kind of go off alone for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So like, the audience members don't have to yeah, do that. Yeah, you're like, all right, I just like don't. I don't need your pity right now. Let me go wallow in my shit. And yeah. Then, yeah and just, <laughs> So yeah, we did a I did a, a a road gig in February. I actually talked about it last week on Andre Madrano's episode because we did it together. But it was in Vermont and it was a ski resort gig. It was super sick. I bombed for fifteen minutes. The this room was like not it. They were paying attention, not laughing, and then the back half of the room was just like chaos. So there's a lot of distraction and like it was bad. But the next day, like they had given us free lift tickets for being oh. on the show, which was a super dope perk. And we go to get the lift tickets and the lady at the lift ticket counter was sitting like front and center at the show. And she's like, you guys did so great. You're so funny. Thank you so much. I'm like, I don't know if we were at the same show. But <laughs> 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 oh, you still got the lift tickets. Got the lift tickets and a hotel room. That's what's important. Which is sick. Was, it was yeah. a fantastic gig. I was like. That one, I was like, wow, I'm a real comedian. Yeah, right? Yeah. You get them, you're like, oh, they paid me. I got accommodations. People are treating me nice. I But I bombed super hard. And uh, at one point, I have this I have this funny joke about Amtrak right now. And I go, do we take the Amtrak in here? Silence. No response. I was like, really? And then some girl, like a 10-year-old girl in the back goes, what's Amtrak? <laughs> so yeah, all right. That was probably a good save, though, right? That was funny. Like, probably got a laugh. It was funny for the second, and then it, the rest of my set was just downhill. At one point, I even <laughs> said, guys, this set has made me realize I've been performing for mentally ill 26-year-olds in Brooklyn for way too long. <laughs> That's good. That's a good line. Comics laughed at that. No one else got that. I was like, I can't wait for this. Where was this? It was uh, at Sugarbush up in Vermont. Oh, that's that's a whole different crowd. Whole, whole different crowd. Cause it's not even crowd. like Vermonters. It's like tourists from yeah, the Northeast yeah. converging. And it was... There's a lot of factors that went into it. I definitely could have done better. I think a lot of the tools that I would use early on in open mics and public places for capturing attention, I haven't had to use those in my comedy career for a while because I'm doing shows where people are going to see comedy. So they shut yep. the fuck up and yep. they watch comedy. Yep. But this was a situation where they kind of came for comedy, but everyone was treating it as background noise. So yeah. I should have... You got to crowd work a little more. bit, get people to pay attention. Yeah. Stuff. Matt Vita crushed. He He's one of the producers who booked me and he did awesome. He like, they were kind of tepid at first, but he got there and he has this rap about old man balls. And when he did that, everyone was like locked in. I was like, yeah. that was it. That was it. You just get a little bit of something there. Yeah. But you live and learn. Live and learn. You bomb and learn. You bomb and learn. No, because yeah, because you're like, oh, I have to get better. That's have yeah. to get better. I have to get better. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah. 
So you you hosted a Zoom show during the pandemic, I did. and that's where I met you. Comics who showered, check it out. <laughs> Great. I mean, title. you can't really do it, but <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one was when uh, David Dobbins moved to the city. Yes, and he was like, "Oh, hey man, I can connect you with my friend who runs yeah. a Zoom show, yep, which yep. was super dope. Thanks for putting me out. Yep, absolutely, and uh, man. I didn't have a tape. I don't have tapes really very uh -huh. often. So I sent you literally like a tape that was like a year and a half old at that point. It was two and a half minutes. Was it? Yeah. I, was I don't, like, I don't I, remember much of this, but I was okay. like, I hope he likes it. But yeah, you're like, cool, man. So what was it like? Uh, how was it running the Zoom show? What were the epic highs and lows of Zoom epic comedy for you? Lows. That's funny. I think you had a good set. Didn't you have a thing about rat fuck alley? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. That, that was my like flagship joke for yeah. like two years. And yeah. I had to retire it because it was just getting... No. I was like, this is too much of a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Um, what was the highs and lows of running a Zoom show? Okay, highs, a lot of highs, I would say. Because, like, it was a pandemic, so, like, comics were all fucked. So you could get, like, big-name people yeah. to do your show because everyone was just confused. Like, it brought right. everyone to, like, everyone became, like, I don't want to say an open micer, but, like, everyone became, like, you know there's accessible an, there's an equalization there's an equalization yeah. that occurred so you're like everyone's screwed so you got like i think there were, there were a lot of like la comics new york comics that would do the show uh and i think uh uh comics who showered really springboarded their careers and now some of those people are doing netflix specials so i don't know how you explain the difference but <laughs> all because of you <laughs> so really because of me the netflix execs but, uh, lurking in the in the with their camera off yeah. mic off in the background <laughs> you were one of the muted people yeah um so yeah no that was really cool i think getting to like uh meet comics from like around the mm -hmm. world um i think uh, lee's mele headline a show dina hashem mm -hmm. jr the guzman chill dude he uh, he also headlined one like a bunch of comics that like normally you would never even see in your city, right? Could come and do your show. I made Jason Long doing that. Mm -hmm. He's a Malaysian comic. Um, so yeah, getting to see other comics work, and then the other thing was I think Zoom was good for uh, riffing because like everyone did the thing where you looked at people's rooms. And then you're oh. like, if your room was a little weird, people yeah. would just like go off on you. Like, bro, Damn. why do you have like three diplomas? I should have thought it? about that. That's a good one. So that that's like, <laughs> I remember spending a lot of time like in between, you know, when people said it's like writing, trying to riff off of people's rooms and cameras and stuff. Whoa, smart. Yeah. That and like facial expressions was good. Uh, so yeah, that's probably a good part of the networking. The It was also just like something to do because like mm -hmm. we had, you know what I mean? Like you're just, just stuck inside. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It so, was rough. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Like, it's like, it was like, and people would like hang at those shows for like half an hour afterwards. Mm. Sometimes, like, we'd like, it was like me and the uh, comics that I'm friends with, right? We would like uh, usually hang after the show and we would like ch chat about the show, maybe stay like an hour or two. But like, there, there are some times where like audience members would just stay to hang out Whoa. and they would just like, and like it got to a point where I was just like, oh well, like that's the show. Let's all sign off. So then we would like sign back on as just you know like the four of us. You know, I was like, you you should leave now. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that just tells you like this how little people had to do at the time. It's the idea of watching a Zoom show now is like insane. Yeah, but it was truly like there's something also magical about the pandemic. Terrible, terrible thing that happened, but everyone was kind of in it together in some way. So you, people were more likely to be like, 
oh yeah, like I want to reach out to others and like have some sense of community. Yes, and yes. Just see what's going on, you yep. know? Yep. Uh, cons? Let's see. Uh, cons. Zoom heckling? The, the people who would... Uh, In the chat? No, Zoom bombers. Zoom bombers. Zoom bombers. Like people, I think that I was probably... That was probably really the only thing. Well, sometimes when people wouldn't show up, mm -hmm. people would turn their cameras on, you know, all that stuff. They'd be unmuted, so yeah. whatever. You, you could kind of, like, deal with that. And uh, the Zoom bombers was annoying because, like, some people just, like, uh, I think that one of the close last shows we did, uh, like, some people just, like, Zoom bombed the link and then they could just, like, you know, they just, like, said a bunch of, like, racist shit and then left and stuff like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and, and then people got mad at me. They were like, "Why didn't you renounce these people?" I'm like, "I thought that was obvious that I'm not on the side of the racist." But thank you, <laughs> thank you for questioning me. I did one. I did a Zoom Zoom show one time where one of the audience members during every comedian set was just in the chat, like roasting them and talking shit about. Oh them. yeah, that happened too. I remember that. Yeah. Come on, yeah. give us a break. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. I had trouble with the no laughing part. Cause like there was something that the delay, right? Yeah. yeah, the delay, the delay, and sometimes yeah, if there's not enough people who uh, actually turn their like mics on, yeah, yeah, some of those were like shitty because you're just like, well, I'm just talking to a void. Yeah. Well, and also the way that the Zoom software works is it prioritizes the whoever is the most recent loudest speaker in a way. Mm -hmm. So like. There'd be times where I'd be watching comics and they'd be doing a joke and then an audience member would start laughing as they're telling the punchline. And so their audio would get deprioritized yep, yep. and then no one else hears the punchline. You're like, or like you're rough. telling a punchline or you're talking and then there's old people who don't understand how technology works in the back and they're just screaming. Yeah. Like, Greg, get the bomb off. Like, oh, <laughs> you fucking old people, mute your mic, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a fun, like, sign of the times i don't know what situation i it's crazy because the only way i could imagine zoom comedy being a thing again is literally another pandemic <laughs> yeah. world war three world war three something you know ukraine step it up <laughs> <laughs> peter's got a zoom comedy empire to run <laughs> mm. um so pandemic you're you were probably about two years, two and a half years into comedy around the pandemic. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Did you, um, after the pandemic, after, well, after Zoom comedy, I remember you popped into New York City because we were all doing stuff yep. outside on rooftops and stuff. Oh, yeah. That was then, still not fully back to normal yet. Yeah, right. Outdoor and then, shit. And then you, you went back, you started an outdoor mic in Boston, yes, right? Yes, I did. How was yes. that? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I remember this was when like Sam Morrill was doing his like rooftop crap. Yeah. And then I yeah, I came here and I was like, we have rooftops in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, oh oh you know what it was? I um I went to Central Park and they were doing yep. mics and shows in Central Park. Yeah. Which I don't know if you can really call them shows. They were great. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But uh I remember seeing all the signs and the like like one of them was like I don't know. I don't know if it was New York Comedy Club or one of them, but like, it was one of the clubs, and they put their like, uh, like a little picket oh, in front stand of a tree. New, stand up, stand up, New, New York, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, the comedy clubs have been reduced to trees in Central yeah. Park. You yeah, because yeah. I mean? that's how you would fight. Like, you would literally, you'd be like, oh, this mic is in Central Park, but where? Because it's a fucking park, and yeah. you have the ass other comics like, oh, it's by this tree next to the, this other tiny bridge or some shit. Yeah. And there will be multiple shows happening at the same time. Shows, mics, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. I just, like, I remember 
be walking the park and seeing like four shows at the same time. Yep. And four, three of them were like reputable clubs and the other ones just like random people. And mm-hmm. you're like, we can definitely do this in Boston. Like yeah, without yeah. a doubt. I was like, <laughs> we have rooftops, we have trees. Yeah. So then I went back and started an outdoor mic, which was probably the most successful mic I've ran. Really? Because it was in the day. It was like, we called it Saturday in the park because not creative for the naming. Um, but it was like in the afternoon, like two, three o'clock. Yeah, maybe. yeah. So like the sun was out and then we would like play basketball afterwards. Oh, yeah, that's great. So like people usually had a good time. People were attentive because there's only like t- 10 people. Yeah. Maybe like 15 at the most. But it's like everyone's there. Like I think that was actually better because like it's like if you're like six to 10 comics and it's outdoors. And there's like a picnic table. Like, it's just like, yeah, like everyone does their shit and then we're done in less than an hour. You yeah. Know what I mean, so like every, people were paying attention. Uh, the sunlight definitely helped. It's fun. There was a dog park. So we riffed on that a little bit. Yeah. They tried to kick us out of the park a couple of times. <laughs> uh, Typical. No, that was probably the most successful mic I ran. Yeah. Nice. We did uh, when we had our backyard mic. Yeah, that, that was a good mic too. We ran it through the winter, the f- 2020 2021 because there was nothing indoors open but we moved it to saturdays at 2 p.m so we could at least have sunlight and wouldn't be cold (laughs) and that was brutal people were like that year we had like two snowstorms that were like 18 inches of snow so i would like shovel the whole backyard and flatten it and Uh then people would just be there with their like huge puffer jackets on it's like (laughs) (laughs) oh man I I loved outdoor comedy. There was just something like magical about it because it everything was just like an informal hang. It was just and yeah, like, it's like a picnic. It's yeah. like a hang, a picnic. I agree with that. I think that's why the mics worked better because people were just like, well, we're just hanging out, right? Like, whereas like in dark rooms, people may be like less willing to listen or stuff. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. The sound definitely didn't reverberate as well. You know definitely, I mean? like, it's like you can't. But it was really hard. And the mask, the mask sucks. Remember? Because you're like, I can't hear you and I can't see if you're smiling. Let's just. Yep. I do remember that. (laughs) People wearing masks. You you can't even. (laughs) There's a there's a guy I play. um, I play a a tabletop miniatures game on Mondays. And one of the guys I play I play with has worn a mask the whole time. I've Mm -hmm. been in this group for like a year and a half, almost two years now. And like, I've never seen the bottom half of his face. <laughs> and he also, he's also a quiet talker. I love him. He's a great dude. But like, if you're across the table from him, you do a lot of, what? <laughs> you do a lot of like leaning in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, pandemic, like outdoor comedy, there was a lot of like gauging people's eyeballs. Like, is that, are they yep. smiling? Yep. Okay. Yep. I think those are smiling yep. guys. They must yep. be laughing. Yep. There's also a lot of people's upper faces, not like being what you thought their lower face not being, you know what I mean, symmetrical with their upper face. You're like, that's what you look like? Yeah. yeah I remember there was a lot of that. <laughs> there's something I, I noticed. I feel like the mask is something, there's something kind of, like it makes everyone kind of mysterious and cool uh-huh. because you don't know what's under there. Like you don't have a full personality. You're just like, oh, I see is their eyes. Like, what yep. are they like? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I think people got catfish a lot. Oh, yeah. Was. yeah. Mask fishing. Yeah, yeah. People with beautiful eyes and... No teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huge piercing blue eyes, all gums. <laughs> so uh you do your park mic. How long does that last? Is it just like a summer fall thing or a few months? Or? I think it ran like a year and a half. Whoa. That's a that's a it good was, run. It was summer, like but we took the winter off. It got right. too cold. 
And then some other comics were asking me if I want to start up again. And I'm like, no, I'm doing other things now. Yeah. I was going to ask, how many, yeah. how many mics are you doing now during a week? Um, so I got my own room at the jungle in Somerville. Check it out, listeners. Somerville, Massachusetts. Um, so there's a, I run a weekly show and every, sorry, not weekly, monthly show. And mm. then all the three out of the four weeks are mics. Nice. So then I don't actually go to, I'll, I'll go to a mic if I need to really like work on something. Like I'm like, I need to get this out now. But I think I've been doing well enough in Boston where I I have like a show pretty much like. I'd say like five out of the seven nights of the week. Wow. So it's like, Dope. That's sick. So yeah, I don't go to that. I go to my mic and then like if I really want to work yeah. something, I'll go to like another mic. That's great. Yeah. That's like the that's like the making open mic or making it is getting booked enough where you yeah. don't have to do mics. You don't have to do mics. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, um, I just got a weekly spot somewhere and it's like I I I'm so relieved because I used to run that weekly show with David Dobbins and yep. it was brutal getting audience in there and trying two virgins right yeah two virgins trying to run a show and now i have a weekly spot somewhere else i was like oh this is like two virgins but i don't have to stress about it yeah like put in the work yeah yeah there's there's always going to be some type of audience here we can just have fun work it out and i'm like that's the best like there's something where you do open mics until you get booked on a show but the thing is is like you won't get booked on a lot of shows unless you do a lot of shows because you get better by doing a lot of shows so there's this weird like snakey in its tail paradox positive feedback type thing yeah yeah like the people i noticed that too because like i have to book the shows in boston now too and i'm like when you become a booker you understand actually some of the like you don't want to do it because it's just a lot of work and yeah. people just hate you for no reason afterwards yeah but you kind of like understand like the business aspect a little bit more but you also see like the people get booked get booked more because people who are booking see the people who get booked yes right yep so it's like oh well then that's who you would book right yeah and then like if you don't go to mics anymore which i don't go to too much except for the one mm-hmm. that is mine like you don't really see anyone else, right? If you think about it, unless you yeah. see them on another show that you're doing. So, yeah. It's a weird cycle to break out of. I feel like as like, like as far as open micers go, I'm like, I think my best advice now for people who want to get on shows is like, just keep doing open mics, make friends, but really just go to a show. And if the people who run the show have never seen you do stand up, they're probably not going to book you, but yeah. there's a chance you might get thrown up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would say keep doing open mics and then just start your own mic slash show. Starting, that, yeah, that's start, a big one. That's, I mean, that's the only way you can actually guarantee you get stage time is just mm-hmm. starting your own shit. And then you like learn how to like maybe route, crowd work a little bit, riff a little bit, host yeah. a little bit. You learn that people spam you with a lot of annoying emails. Lots like of that. DMs. Lots of DMs. I got people still blo- like hitting me up for spots and I keep having to tell them like, I don't have anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know where you got the impression I have something, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 The um, becoming a producer is like, it's like a cheat code to getting like spots. And like, yeah, I, I feel a, like yeah. most people I would ask early on in my stamp career is like, how'd you start getting booked on shows? Like I just started my own show. Yeah. And it's like, 
okay i guess that's that works but then that, when you start your own show then you have to do the marketing and the tickets yeah, and yeah. the venue you, to, you basically have to put in the work that's you have to it. put in a lot of work <laughs> either be really good or put in work yeah which i feel like if you were really good you probably put in work anyway yeah yeah but i don't know i don't know how different the comedy landscape is between new york city and boston but running an indie show in new york city like you got to have a gimmick you got to have a poll you got to have friends who are already here because there's too much to choose from already so that oh, audience members so much available things yeah. you could be doing yeah uh i think in boston yeah there's like I, I put a lot of in the beginning i i paid for facebook ads mm. i put up paper flyers and then i barked still nice and i which is annoying but i think ultimately i figured out that you have to post in specific facebook groups that's yeah. the best way yeah yeah like community groups mm. where like people like like if you were normal and you were, went to a city and you wanted to figure out where do I go hiking, like you would join that Facebook group. Right. It's like that for comedy. So there's like mm -hmm. ten of those I paid, I post in, and that's yeah. like how I've been pulling people. There was one we used to post our show in. I don't think a single person came from this group, but it was everything to do in NYC. Facebook group, hundred plus thousand members. Right. It's so funny because it's not like people posting events and stuff to go to. It's literally like a million posts of people like I'm I'm staying in Times Square with my family. Is it safe to ride the subway to like the financial district? <laughs> like questions like that. I'm like, okay, I don't think we're getting. You're any like, of these it's only safe at this location where I host comedy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you come, if you and your ten friends come to this show, I'll escort you to wherever hotel you're staying. Guarantee safety. Guarantee safety. Laughter <laughs> optional. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I think I remember talking to some comic. I don't remember who. They were like, like all the marketing is kind of annoying, right? Like yeah. all the producing and the headache, the booking, all that crap. But they're like, they're like, if you want to do comedy, if you want to just do comedy for fun, it's whatever. But if you want to do comedy as a career, you have to understand that it's like the most entrepreneurial thing you'll ever have to do mm -hmm. because you're the writer, you're the producer, you're the person acting, performing, you're marketing, you make graphic, like you network with other people. Like it's, yeah. so it's like, and I was like, oh, all right. So maybe I should just accept this earlier on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's like, you're pretty much always at the mercy of another entity. And I think we're lucky enough to have social media be a thing where you could pop off. Granted, you still need help from other people, but like, it's like, it's doable technically mm -hmm. right but it's like yeah like if you're like just starting comedy and you want stage time like the only way to actually guarantee stage time is you have something that you can give yourself that's yep. it right so yeah it's like, it makes sense i was like oh yeah i call it uh like having a resource like a, like a comedy resource or like comedy capital is if you have a thing that you do for other people where you can give them something they want They'll give you stuff you want. Yeah, it becomes more business, right? So yeah. it's just like, oh, this is like a, you foster, uh, you have something of value. Yeah. And I think it also changed my mind in how I, I looked at, uh, it made me more grateful after I started booking shows at people that uh, book me on their shows. Yeah. Because I think it's like, in my mind, I'm like, why won't you book me? I'm funny. Like when you're earlier, right? Mm. But then you're like, oh, like, do I sell tickets? No. You know what I mean? Do most of these people sell tickets? No. So it's like the show producer is doing all the work, mm -hmm. right? They pick the venue, they pick the lineup, they work with the venue to get the time, they put on the Eventbrite, the Facebook groups, they get all the seats in the buckets and they give you like this platform for you to work on your craft. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. my perspective changed. I'm like, because there's like, it's a demand supply thing. There's like thousands of comics 
very few shows. Yes. Right? So it's like, I, I think before I thought more so as an artist, I'm like, I'm I'm performing my art for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you this thing where like you start producing. I'm like, no, not really. I was like, like you're all funny people. Like you could book on a lineup, but it's not like you have an, a draw. Like, you know what I mean? Like you'll pull. Yeah. Because if you did, that's that's like a true professional comic, right? They mm-hmm. like, I can sell a club. I can headline the club. People come see me. Yeah. Right? Like, unless you're at that level, which like, you know, most people like less than a decade, I would say, are not. Yeah, 98% of comics are, now are, are not. Are not. Like, yeah. they're building to that phase. It's just like, I was like, a lot of people just arrogant for no reason. I was like, yeah, it's just like, they're doing you a favor by putting you on the show. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I am a, like... Anything I get in comedy, I am so grateful. And I like, there was something someone, I forgot who said it, but it's like, you want to be the person that like that producer wants to book. Like if they're throwing you a bone and giving you a spot, like show up early for the show, ask help if they need setting up, like, you know, make sure you have a good set. Don't run the light. Just be like a very bookable professional person. Yeah. And then people remember that at least because comics, like for some reason you can book comics and it'll be their only spot for the night. And they'll still show up 30 minutes late to the show. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's like a, it's like a whole thing. Like the entrepreneurial aspect of it, I think is for me, at least is challenging because you get into it to tell jokes and just be yeah. funny and learn stand up. But we, then yeah. so many other things. There's so much to stand up that I didn't realize. Like, like you get on stand up to tell jokes, right? And but then you're like, oh, I need to be able to be funny off the cuff. I need to be able to riff. I need to be able to crowd work when people don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like I have to do, I have to learn all these other skills. And then on top of that, like performative skills, I have to learn how to write well. Yeah. And then I, and then like you said, the whole business aspect, which is like all these different buckets, right? There's like networking, producing, marketing, social yeah. media, and then like. They all like have their own branches. You're like, oh fuck! I'm like building a company where the product is me still. You yeah, know what I mean, like, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's like, oh, you want to, you want a spot? Okay, start a show. Okay, now you're learning how to talk to business owners. Okay, yes. now you're learning how to set up Eventbrite. Okay, now yeah. you're, now you're either becoming a graphic designer or you're linking right. up with graphic or like designers. designers. Exactly, and then <laughs> make you're like, the flyer. Then you got to get the show description. Then you got to run social media. You and you learn how to market. Yeah, post frequently enough. And it's just like. Yeah. Nightmare. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of work, but I was like, oh, I guess you got to do it at a certain point. Yeah, the yeah. the brand thing, that whole like universe of like you as a brand, I'm still like working on that. I'm this year I'm gonna put together a website, but it's like, I think a lot of times, for me at least, I think like comedy is like a finding a path of least resistance to your funniest self or your best projects. Like I think there's things that each of us do very naturally and mm. like to do and it doesn't feel as exhausting as some other things yes so i think i think it's good to try to team up with people who like to those things you don't like to do so you yeah, can like, do the things that they don't I like, like to do marketing i like graphic design or whatever yeah mm-hmm. yep yep and then like this this like podcasts like i could podcast all day every day it is never any effort for me to do a podcast edit a podcast anything like that mm. like so those are things like we, me and Connor, who run this studio, it's like, here's something that we can provide to the community because it's like no sweat off our back. We and you enjoy do, doing it. We enjoy doing yep. it. Versus if you were like, hey, can you set up like an event bright for a show? I'd be like, please, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, can yeah. you book a can you book a photographer and then post the photos yeah. after the show? I'd be like, 
I can't. Yeah. I just can't do the social media. Yeah. That, that's when you start building an actual team, right? Because then mm-hmm. it's no longer just you, right? It's like you have friends and whatever people or your hire clients, whatever yeah. vendors. Yeah, like you said, like photographers, videographers. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I never, I never, th- like before I started comedy, I didn't realize how many creative people are just around, you know, like you kind of are in college. You might have a friend who does photography or a friend who paints. There's a lot of them. There are a lot of people not making money in the city. And it's like, but then you start doing a creative thing and meeting with other creatives and you're like, oh, it's like everybody does something, you know? Yep. Yep. It's almost overwhelming. I'm like, I have too many recommendations for any type of person that you could possibly, possibly need for any anything. project. Yep. <laughs> it's cool though. Like you meet people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, that's like the second best thing about comedy. The best thing about comedy is obviously the stand up crushing. Yeah, crushing. Yeah, yeah. people second, telling <laughs> you that you're awesome. Yeah, people yeah, exactly. patting you on the back. The affirmations. Yeah, that's really what it is. I had yes. one audience member one time ask me what my podcast was after a, a set. It's probably my best set ever. And I was like, that's the first fucking audience member. <laughs> and it feels so good. Did you have like a thing ready to go? Like a little sticker or something? No, I wasn't even prepared. I was uh, just like, here, you got Instagram. You got Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> But the the next best thing is definitely the community. Yeah. I think yeah. meeting people, hanging out is yeah. great. Comedy is a great hang. It's chill. Meet people. It's chill. Yeah. No, it's chill. No, it is chill. I think like I've met definitely, I think jujitsu, I've also met a lot of people, but mm-hmm. comedy, I probably met. Yeah, you're meeting Ronnie more, Chang. More people. <laughs> yeah. He like, he, uh, he invited me to his after party after that thing, which I thought was dope. Nice. Because he didn't have to. Uh, and that's uh, where I saw Vic again. Vic rules. You know, Love you know, Vic. Vic. Yeah. I just saw Vic earlier today and yesterday. Vic, I saw, we we did the show, we had drinks, and then mm-hmm. I saw him at Ronnie's after party. And yeah. I was like, yo, what's up, Vic? And he's like, who are you? I'm like, we did a show and we had drinks. And he was like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> How far apart were the after party and the show, though? Dude, it was like two days. Two days. <laughs> it was like two days. I was like, it's- and he was like, you know what? He was like, it's the glasses. I'm like, what do you fuck you mean it's the glasses? This is not very different. Actually, yes. I will say there are times when people will come to my open mic who have come regularly and they'll show up either without their hat or without their glasses. And I'll be like, what is your name? You're like, what is this? You have a whole different identity. I get caught off guard by that all the time, but that's right. fair. Yeah. But yeah, that's sick. There's also this crazy thing, like you mentioned the Zoom comedy. It's wild just being a person who lives in one city and then you meet a friend who goes to another, like you have, you know, a comic who goes to a city and they go there and they come back and go, oh, did, did you meet this person? And they're like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, awesome. And you like and know like, them. Yeah. Right? Like, in the 1800s, you weren't allowed to know people in other cities. <laughs> it's illegal. And especially with comedy, it's like you just know so many people. Like yeah. if you talk, if you see like two or three, like a couple road comics hanging out, they'll name drop people and be like, oh, yeah, this place, this that, town, yeah. this city, all these people. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. wild. Like Sam, was podcast with Mark, like they name drop a bunch of Boston people. I'm like, yeah, I know all those people. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> and then... uh What's funny is uh, when I meet Boston people, name dropping all the Boston people who left Boston and they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I know all the people who don't live there anymore. I keep saying we, uh, New York City has more Boston comedians than Boston does. Probably, (laughs) probably, probably. probably. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. It's funny now because like I think I've met more of the Zoom comics we met. Uh, mm-hmm. During Zoom, like live, like like EJ Masacampo. I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. We met. Uh, no. Uh, who else have I met? Some from probably LA comics, but yeah. 
Doug Stanhope was on open mic once, I remember doing. A really? Zoom open mic. And wow. I, I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and that's what like people, all the, you know, the chat on the Zoom, mm-hmm. people were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he stayed for the whole fucking open Whoa. mic, which was, was crazy. That's wild. Yeah. I had some terrible bit about sailing and he like said a word about it. And I was like, ah, you listened <laughs> and everything. I had a friend who took like a sketch class, like an online sketch class. I forgot through what school, but like uh, Drew Carey was in it. Oh, wow. And he was just like, what? What? Why? <laughs> just like, I guess what people say about Drew Carey is as like a comedian, he's just always doing something to improve and he's not like too ahead of himself. He's always just like... probably a good mentality to have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if I was a, a famous comedian already taking a sketch class, I'd be like... <laughs> Like, yo, let me just You're run welcome. This, let me run this class, okay? <laughs> um, awesome. Well, we're kind of wrapping up on time here. We got another recording coming in. But cool. let me ask you the final question. What do you love about stand-up comedy? All the bitches. <laughs> All the bitches. All two of them. No. All two of them. <laughs> what do I love about I think we already hit it on the nail. I think it's probably just like just crushing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's probably the the just that that feeling. Like I don't think anything beats the feeling of after you like crushed and murdered or the yeah. affirmations that's why we do it that's it <laughs> yeah that's really it. it makes you feel good it makes you feel good to make other people feel good mm-hmm. yes that's true but if, most importantly it makes you feel good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you work really hard to make them feel good if you make them feel good enough they'll make you feel good exactly too. Yeah. it's reciprocal it's, it's reciprocal it's reciprocal it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird when you think about it like that yeah. it's like oh man <laughs> a yeah. lot of people pleasing in there <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true it's true awesome well dude thanks for coming on yeah man this is fun um, really good seeing you again glad we got to talk comedy where can the people find you y'all can find me in Boston live if you like or on Instagram Facebook TikTok, all the social medias. It's at Peter Lou Comedy at P E T R L I U Comedy. That's that's everything. I'm doing follow for a follow, guys. If you follow me, I will follow you to your house. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. We'll go all the way to Boston. See Peter. Go hang out with him. Follow him on Instagram. Go to his show in Somerville, the Jungle. So, yeah, come check jungle. out the Jungle. Go ch- go check out yeah. the Jungle. Go to his mic. Go to his show. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week and I will talk to y'all later. Bye. Hasta luego.